Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Live here on the MMA Industry Podcast, I am your host, James Lynch, and I have a very special guest today, a co-worker of mine, actually, over at Fansided and Sports Illustrated MMA. But I'm going to read down the resume here just real quick, because she's got a long list of things that she does in this industry. Of course, she's a journalist and photographer for, like I mentioned, Sports Illustrated, Fansided, uh, MMA Viking, LA Times. She used to be at Champions and the Daily Mail and MMA on Cage. I mean, there's so many we can get into, and we'll get into it here today. But I'm joined by Amy Cap. Amy Kaplan, I should say, here on the program. Amy, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's good to talk to you. You're someone I've wanted to get on the show for a while. And, uh, you know, you have a very um, interesting story as far as, you know, what you contribute to the industry and everything else. Uh, you're a photographer, a very good photographer. If people haven't seen your shots, you're missing out. Uh, some really good stuff there. And then obviously the work you've been doing with your writing as well on the journalism side of things. But uh, I always start the show off first with how I've met my guest. And we've actually never met in person, but um, I'm trying to remember the first time I maybe like had sort of contact with you or whatever, but I just remember you from champions. That's, you know, we've had a couple people on this show from champions. Uh, we, you know, Dan Shapiro and uh, you know, it's, it, it was obviously a really great thing that was going on at champions, but uh, that's sort of where I remember you from as far as uh, you know, when we maybe first interacted and then when I got on with Fansided, of course, we became uh, co-workers. But uh, I want to start all the way at the beginning with you. Uh, where did the interest in combat sports come from? How early did that start? Um, well, that's kind of a funny story. I have, I always grew up um, with a very typical, stereotypical view of MMA. I thought they were all wife beaters and it was no rules. Everyone's poking each other's eyes and, you know, groin shots and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm never going to watch that. That's just barbaric. I never watched a single fight. And then I met a guy who I thought was cute and he um, trained in MMA. So I'm like, hmm, I'm going to impress this guy and I'm going to take him to a Bellator fight. So I get tickets to a Bellator fight. Granted, never seen, never seen MMA before ever in my life. Um, and he ended up not showing up. So I brought another friend with me. We, we went to the fight and I fell in love like instantly. And that was Bellator 131. Um, so it was November 2015, I believe. And it was almost overnight that I just, just was like, I went home and I, I searched um, Netflix to see, you know, what kind of documentaries I could find. And I found a couple and just watched them and I just fell in love and I wanted to know everything. So it kind of, it really was overnight. And I just started shooting the next day and it was like, I got to get into this world. It was just crazy. Cause I, I, I saw it and realized how wrong I was. You know, okay. I saw so all that. That, that's really interesting. So it was a live show because, you know, a lot of people, it's it's usually like they'll see it on TV. But to see it live, I mean, especially on the regional scene, like with I, I know Bellator is not, I guess, regional at this point. But um, it's 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 interesting. It's not like any other sporting event you can go to. It's hard to describe, actually. But uh, yeah. it's certainly there is something captivating about seeing an event live, especially because there's no commentators. It's very like, right. I don't know. It's hard to describe. But uh, but that, that's that's very interesting. So as far as photography goes, because I mean, that's that's your bread and butter. Like I from what I do know about you, photography is like your first love. Where did that start? Where did that begin as far as your love for photography? Um, probably I've always loved photography. I was um, in college in about 2001 when I started shooting for the school newspaper and I was actually writing for the newspaper. I wanted to be a writer and I just was like not really getting good response from my articles. I just wasn't like 
nobody really seemed to care. And I started shooting just to go along with my articles and I started winning awards for my photos and people were complimenting me. And I'm like, Hey, maybe I'm better at this than writing. So I gave up writing. I put that aside and just focused on photography. And, um, and it kind of worked backwards. Then when I started shooting MMA, I realized that I couldn't get any of my photos published because I didn't have anything, any words to go with them. So I started writing and then it's now it's sort of equaled out and I do both. Yeah, it's a good skill to have. And especially in an industry like this, where like, you know, I've talked about this a million times on the show, like you either work for one of the big sites and you're sort of taken care of in a way, like you have the full-time work, you don't have to worry about it, or you're a hustler and and you got to be versatile and you got to have multiple skills, you know, like, um, you know, like for myself, obviously, you know, I I do the video interviews, but I also edit them and everything. So for you, it's photography and journalism as well. Um, What's sort of your your day-to-day like right now as far, I mean, we're talking about this a bit off air. I know it changes, but you know, what's like a typical day for you as far as, you know, balancing the photography work and also the work, uh, you know, writing for fanside Um, well, I, I think, you know, I, I focus more on writing now than photography. Um, so I definitely, you know, start my day and I, I check in with fanside and see what's going on, see, you know, what, what, what can I write, look at what's going on, see who I can interview. And I kind of do that. And I always try to, if I interview someone, I try to go to the gym, do it in person. So I interview a lot of local people and then I shoot them at the same time. So I can have photos that go with the story so that we have original content. We're not just taking from Getty all the time. Um, and then I try to go to a local show every weekend if I can, if there's one, there almost always is sometimes there's two or three. Um, so I've been really lucky that, you know, I, my days are pretty busy and I, and I do get to be in the gym a lot. I do get to be at the shows a lot, which I know a lot of, you know, people who are more remote don't get that opportunity. So I feel like I'm pretty lucky considering where I'm at. And you have a big following on Twitter. I mean, I was checking this out. I think you had a post actually on Facebook a couple months ago saying like, you know, I've only been doing this sport for so long and I have, you know, this big following. And I think part of it is, and I'm sure you would agree with this, is that you're going to these gyms, you're developing these relationships and uh, you're really sort of doing what, I, I mean, a lot of times when these fighters are doing interviews, especially in the UFC, it's, you know, it's a conference call. It's, you're not getting that personal interaction. How important is that as a photographer to have that personal relationship, especially when you want to get really good shots and they sort of need to trust you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I know that, um, you know, I'll go to a gym and I'll shoot one guy and then everybody else is there and they're, oh, can you grab a shot of me? Can I do this? And of course, I always say yes. You know, I shoot them and then they remember that when I want to get an interview or when, you know, like, for instance, I'm going to be interviewing Jalen this week, Jalen Turner, who's going to be on um, the Contender Series. And I, I met him through going to the shows. I met him as an amateur and I actually went out um, to see his one of his fights with somebody who wanted to manage him. So we kind of went out there. I shot him and I and met him. And that's how we became friends. So now, you know, he trusts me and he's willing to, you know, give me something that maybe he wouldn't give somebody he doesn't know. You know, he trusts me with information that um, he understands that I'll, I'll make sure that he's represented well. You know, I'm not going to misquote him and those kinds of things that I know a lot of, especially newer guys are a little worried about. Okay. So where did it, do you remember the first fighter you ever uh, did photography for? Was it an event that you went and did photography for? What what was the very first one? Yeah, actually it was Ian Butler for um, Bellator. I met him actually after that show and um, I did a kind of an in-depth, he has a really unique story. He um, was adopted by, he's African-American. He was adopted by a white woman who kind of um, got him into the sport, you know, taught him a lot of. Um, valuable things. And then she passed away and he continued on. And so he was making his Bellator debut and um, he ended up, he was living in St. Louis at the time and he um, was trying to get out to California. So I was kind of helping him um, get him, get him um, some names of people out here and that sort of thing. And he ended up moving out here and he started training me. So I actually, I don't just cover the sport. I actually try to, I know I obviously can't, I don't fight, but I do try to, to get in there and I know some technique and I do jujitsu and I do Muay Thai. So, you know, that, that helps as well to, you know, fighters see that I'm, that I know a little bit about what I'm talking about rather than just watching it. So. Well, and I would imagine that's important too when you're shooting because if you want them to to pose a certain way or, or you want like a specific shot, you can tell them like, you know, having studied the sport, you know, sort of different moves and different angles and things like that. Do you feel like that's benefited you? Because I know you've done some training. How has that sort of benefited, uh, you know, you as a photographer for mixed martial arts? Well, I mean, just, just in general, because I started the sport so late, 
it really helped me learn you know, names of techniques and, and to predict what was coming based on you know, what they were doing. And I know that the first few fights I shot, I got so many photos of the guys you know, doing jujitsu, but I never knew what, they, what position they were doing. So there were times where I would shoot something where it's like, this isn't anything. This is them just laying on the ground. And I would miss you know, an, a submission attempt because I didn't know what that looked like. So that really helped as far as jujitsu, for sure. And also knowing, kind of, like I said, anticipating what's going to come based off what they're, you know, how they're setting their their stance up and that sort of thing. So that, it definitely helped. Who were some of your early mentors when you, when it came to photography, as far as, uh, you know, people you go to for advice, whether it was a teacher or maybe, you know, someone that was already in the field? Was there, was there people back in the day when you first started that you definitely, you know, sort of picked their brain? Yeah, I, I had a teacher early on. He, uh, his name is Kevin. And he, he really saw, you know, he was, um, with the school, the school I went to, we had the same teachers, three or four classes at a time. So he kind of saw my, my style and he kind of nudged me towards, um, photographers that I might like, you know, at that time I wasn't shooting sports, but he, he really, um, taught me, you know, with photography, he, he said the, the number one thing is to just look at photos you like. And over time, you'll just start shooting like that. And you won't even realize you're doing it. It's sort of a subconscious thing. You just, just like with anything, if you submerge yourself in something long enough, you become that because it just out of habit, it just happens naturally. And so that really helped me was to just look at photos that I liked and kind of started to mimic those styles. And what about writing? Was there any sort of mentors you had in that field as far as, you know, how, how to, you know, uh, be a good wordsmith, so to speak? Yeah. um, You know, Eric Fontanez, he really helped me when I was at Champions. He was my first editor and he really, he really cared. And he, you know, I was really insecure about writing. Um, When I was, when I was at Champions, we we tried to have a little bit of humor in our writing and I was really insecure about writing humor because I just didn't know if people would get it. And he was very encouraging of that. And he, you know, would tell me, oh yeah, it's funny. I get it. And so he kind of made me feel secure about my writing. And, and after that, I kind of just did it, you know, and I didn't second guess myself as much. So he, he really helped me a lot. I appreciate so so we, we talked about obviously you shooting fighters, you know, early on, what was the first like official MMA gig you got as far as like a website or like anything that was MMA related? What was the very first like outlet you worked for? Um, I remember I had a whole bunch of photos of, um, so I was working for Daily Mail um, as a, as a photo editor. And so I, you know, I was in the LA office and most of their offices in, um, London. So I contacted the sports editor and I said, Hey, I really want to go to this UFC fight. I want to shoot it. Can I get credentials through us? And I'll send you the photos because we cover the, the shows. So they sent me out and I, um, shot a few UFCs and I remember I had, um, UFC 189 and, um, the daily mail ran, I think two or three pictures. And then they were like, do whatever you want with the rest. And I was like, I really want these to be seen. You know, I want, I want to send them out. So I started just sending them to magazines and I was like, Hey, you guys want these? And I wasn't even selling them. I'm like, just take them. And MMA Uncaged hit me up and they said, yeah, we'd love them. And so I ended up starting shooting for them after that. And I remember, I think my big break, what I feel like when I felt like I was a real MMA photographer was I did a cover of MMA Uncaged and it was Chris Cyborg. And that was just like seeing that in print, seeing a cover. It was like the, the, probably the best moment of my life. I, I, I can't, I can't beat that. You have a really good relationship with Chris. I, anyone who follows you on social media, I know she's more of just, you know, a, a subject as far as, you know, photography and, and an interview and stuff. What is it about Chris that, that really uh, you were able to develop such a good relationship with her? Well, actually early on um, when I started training before I was writing or anything and I didn't know who anyone really was. You know, I was, I remember I, I went down to San Diego and I, I had lunch with Dean Lister and I didn't know who Dean Lister was. And, and afterwards someone was like, you had lunch with Dean Lister. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, but <laughs> you know, I started, you know, getting kind of in, in, in with a lot of these bigger names. And I remember it was down there in San Diego and someone said, Oh, there's a, a girl's fitness camp you should do. And so I signed up for it and I went to it and it was Chris Cyborg's pink belt. And I didn't know who she was, you know, I, I mean, I knew she was a fighter, but I didn't really know much about her. And so, you know, we bonded over that weekend. It, it's a very, it's a, you know, it's a weekend where women come together and they train and they, they learn, you know, just kind of self-esteem. And it, it was very, the girls in there I'm still friends with today. And I think that's kind of how Chris and I bonded. And it was from that, that I was able to get the photos of her for the cover. And so that's kind of how our, our bond is. She's kind of like a big sister or a mother figure to a lot of us. Um, 
because she is so positive and she's just one of the probably one of the nicest person people I've ever met. What don't people get about Chris? Do you find, uh, you know, because I, I see obviously there, you know, there's the dumb comments, which we don't even need to bring up those. But do you know, do you find that there's things that, that people maybe don't get about Chris? Because I've interviewed her, I think, just, you know, the one or one one or two times and she's been nothing but pleasant. Uh, she's a great interview as far as, you know, the, the content you'll get out of her. Um, do, you, do you think it's because of the social media presence that, that maybe people are sort of turned off to that? Why, why don't you think she's not more popular than she already is? Um, I think. I mean, I, I know why it is. It's because uh, the UFC hasn't really been the best uh, advocate for her. You know, a lot of the hate started with them and started with comments that, that people there made. Um, but I think that Chris, I think she's misunderstand, misunderstood in the sense that she really does. Those comments really do hurt her. I think a lot of people don't understand that she's very sensitive. Um, her family sees that. Her family calls her and her family says, you know, you know, are crying to her on the phone and that hurts her. And I think a lot of people think she's a fighter and she's, un, un, you know, untouchable. And that's not the case. She's still a woman. She still has feelings and, and those comments do hurt her. And it's, it's hard to see that. Yeah, no, it's uh, no, I'm glad you're sort of shedding some light on that. Cause uh, you know, I, I think she's awesome. Um, now, as far as, uh, you know, like I mentioned at the top, I think a lot of people will remember you from champions when you first started. So how did that even come together with you getting hired by them? And, and tell me what that's like getting to work with them. Cause that, that was a really fun group of people and, and a really great outlet, uh, you know, when, when it was running. Yeah, that's actually kind of a funny story too. I was, um, I was on, I was working at, um, the Hollywood reporter at the time and I was desperate to not be working in entertainment anymore and that mm-hmm. kind of entertainment anymore. And I was just, you know, constantly Com, uh, talking to people on Twitter in the MMA industry, and I retweeted a story about Chris, of all people, um, from Brian Oswald. Oh, nice! And he and I, and then I saw, and then he liked me and followed me back, or something like that. And so then I went to go uh, message him and just say, "Hey, you know, if you ever need a writer, I'm, you know, I'm, I'd love to write for you." And at the same time, I was typing that. He said, "Hey, I have a job opportunity," <laughs> and he was helping champions find. Um, someone to write for them. And they specifically really wanted um, to hire, you know, they had already hired a a few people and they really wanted to hire a woman. They wanted to have a female voice. And so they were having a hard time finding someone. And so he said, you know, I saw you retweet that. And, And so he ended up, we talked for a couple hours on the phone that night. And I think I got the job offer like two days later. Nice. I quit my job on the spot. And it was just, it was like the most, you know, it was like, okay, I've arrived, you know, this is it, you know, and I, and I remember we, we worked, I think it was just me and Eric and um, Dave Raspoli at the time. And it was just three of us. And so I pretty much wrote everything for the first maybe two or three months. And we started taking off and started hiring a lot more people. And that was really the best company to work for. I mean, we yeah. had, yeah. And we it's, really, it seemed like it would have been fun to work there. Yeah. And we really, I like the reason I, accepted so fast was because the you know our mission was to try and make um mma you know to like not produce those stories of all the hate to like highlight the good things about mma and that's why i fell in love with the sport so i was i was all for working for a company that was like that so it was really a great time it was it was hard when we had to shut down because we were doing so well it wasn't even like you know it wasn't like we failed it was just like hey we did so well now we got sold and now they don't want us so it was sad no, it was a, it was a bummer, and and we'll we'll get into that in a sec. But um, you know, did you go like when you're working? Are you going into the offices or like how, like are you working remotely? How does that work? When I was with Champions, I would go in the office and I would commute like seventy miles one way. Oh wow! in LA traffic, um, and then towards the end, they started letting me work from home a little bit more because they realized like this is crazy. She shouldn't have to come in when she can work from home which was awesome. And then I would still go out, you know, I, I got to go to a couple of fights, you know, they sent me out to um, San Jose and, you know, I got to go out. So it was cool to, to be able to, to cover and have somebody pick up the, the tab for once. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, we talk about this a lot on here. I mean, even now I still flip the bill for going to events and yeah. it's not, uh, unless you work for one of those, those, you know, the bigger sites you're, you're getting that paid for, but a lot of us are, you know, saving up some money just to go get content. Right. So it's, yeah. it's definitely difficult. Um, you, you glanced over something there. I'm just curious because you just sort of piqued my interest. So you were, you were, you said you worked in entertainment for a bit. Um, what, what were you doing there? I was doing photo editing. So I was, but not photo editing in the sense of like Photoshop. A lot of people get confused. So people who don't work in the industry don't maybe don't understand the terminology, but I was buying photos and hiring photographers. So when I worked for Daily Mail, I was buying photos. So I would sit and 
the paparazzi and this is why I hated it. The paparazzi would send photos all day long and I would negotiate rates with them and based off and they're like what you know what I saw in a photo then I'd send it over to editorial and say hey write the story about Britney Spears flashing her underwear or whatever it was and I hated it and I didn't be a part of it but it was money and I needed to do it so I'm glad to get out of it on that same note um have you ever had anyone uh, rip off any of your photos without giving you credit Actually, yeah, it, I just happened yesterday. <laughs> really? Okay. Sorry to hear that. I, I don't mean yeah, to laugh or anything. I just think it's. I don't want to give too many details, but yeah, yeah. someone um, used a photo for something and now they're making money off of it and they never asked. Uh, I probably would have just said yes and I wouldn't have even cared, but it's like, huh. It's the principle. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, most of the time I take it as a compliment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Um, one thing I'm kind of fascinated with, and I don't really have any idea how it works. How do you go about, um, like, like now, how do you go about like selling photos? Like, how does that work as far? Cause I, I know nothing about that. Yeah. Um, well I don't, I'm weird. I, most of the photographers are going to hate me, but I don't sell my photos. I really just want them seen. So I'm okay with just giving them to outlets. Um, for, for example, LFA, they let me, um, you know, I, they come, I come to shoot their shows cause I want to, sh- you know, I want the photos. And so they, we kind of worked out a deal where they give me the overhead spot and I give them the photo. So it's kind of a trade off. So it, to me, I'm like, great, I'm getting, you know, the best angle. I get access to the cage and I get all that stuff, but then I, I still own the photos. And I think that's part of the reason I don't want to sell them because mm-hmm. I want, they're mine. You know, I want to have, I want to keep them. So if I, if I do end up selling them off, um, it's usually like a per photo cost and it's, it's usually not much. It's, it, I'm not making my, my money from my photos. Okay. No, I was just, I was just curious about it. That's uh, that, that's kind yeah. of interesting. What about like, um, like as far as, cause you know, you're very talented. I mean, I, that, you had that photo the other day and um, I think, was it Jalen, the one that you posted in Slack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's badass. I have you posted it anywhere or is that is that? Yeah, still- I, I posted it on my uh, my Instagram a while ago, and I think it's his um, Instagram like avatar right now. So how cool is that? Like knowing you shoot something and then someone has that as their photo, like that must be like a badge of honor. Oh, totally. That's why I say I don't want to sell them because I just give them to the fighters, and if they use them, it's it's like the best thing. I, I remember. I shot a picture of Tito one time at a fight and he commented on my Instagram and said, I want that photo. And I was like, Oh my God, you can have it. You know, so excited. I didn't, you know, so it's, it's awesome when I see fighters use my photos, it's a huge compliment. So going back to champions, obviously things going really well. Uh, you know, you guys really had like a, a pretty cool team. I mean, it just seemed like it was a fun environment. You guys were writing different stuff. You guys had the guest posts, which I thought was great. You know, fighters would go on there, write their blogs and everything. So tell me the moment you found out that things were taking a turn for the worse and, you know, that it had been bought and, you know, the writing was on the wall. I actually had a really weird feeling because I, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't working from the office as much. I would go in maybe one or two days a week. And I remember my boss emailing me and said, Hey, can you come in the office tomorrow? And I went, Oh, Oh no. <laughs> you know, yeah. cause they don't want me in the office unless something's bad. And I thought I was getting fired and I don't know, I don't know what I was getting fired for, but I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting fired. I feel it. You know, I feel this bad feeling. So I go in and we all, you know, the day's going fine and we go to lunch and have our normal day and we come back to the office and he sits us all down and he says, so the site was sold and the person who bought it, um, isn't sure they want to keep us afloat. And they said, he told us, you know, starting today, you need to take all your vacation. So we basically, all of us, um, we're still getting paid. We took our vacation days kind of, and uh, they were still trying to work out a deal with Hulu. They were trying to sell something to Hulu to kind of keep us afloat for a couple months so that we would have time to figure some, you know, something else out. Um, and then that didn't happen. And we, went under and it was, it was hard because like I said, we were doing so well. It wasn't, it wasn't that we had done anything wrong or that we weren't getting the reads and we were doing great. And it was, that was actually why probably we got sold. You know, somebody looked at it and said, look at what they're producing. And, and you know, like we were a, an umbrella of another company. So they wanted the, the high, you know, movie pilot. And so we just were kind of a casualty. Ah, that's yeah, it's crazy because like it was you guys had created some good momentum. I remember the shoots you guys did with like Sage Northcutt and there was just like it it was just different. It was and you know, you think in MMA, there's so many websites, there's so many podcasts, there's so much out there. But you guys are still creating original content. And that's one of the things I really dug about what you guys uh, were were doing at the time. So it's uh, it's it's a bummer. I I do miss uh, having champions around. I used to look forward to checking out their content. So it's a a heartache. You think about it. 
So, so tell me about Fansided. How did it come together with you working for them and uh, getting linked up uh, up there? Because we, you know, I I love working there. It's it's just a great yeah. team. That's that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I actually feel really lucky that I found Fansided because I I don't know that I would have I would don't know where I'd be right now if I hadn't because you know I I reached out to all of the websites and you know I said hey I'm available and problem was that right around that time is when they shut down Fox all the writers at Fox so there was. Damon Martin was out of out of work. So it was sort of like, hey, you know, we all know that there's so little full-time jobs in MMA. And, and Damon Martin, obviously, is way more experienced than I am. Um, so it was hard to kind of compete. There was a lot of people out of work at that time. And um, I remember reaching out to Jim Edwards, who was working with us at Champions. And I said, hey, if you hear anything, let me know. And he said, why don't you reach out to Fansided? So I did. And they, you know, hired me on the spot. And I started working for them. And now I feel really, you know, I really feel feel like that's where I belong. You know, I really mm-hmm. want to stay at Fansided. I really like what they're doing. I feel like they appreciate me there. Um, and I feel like they give me a lot of freedom, which is something I know that all, other sites might not be as, as open to kind of, they just let me kind of do my thing, which is nice. Yeah. And, and the one thing I like about it too, I mean, I haven't, I've been there less than a year. I think I started in, what is it? November, but I like the fact that everyone's there to help each other out. Like in this industry, you've seen it. There's, you know, there's competition. People want to you know, undercut other people, but you don't get any of that there. Um, we're all supporting each other. I mean, we have that chat about, you know, who's interviewing who, and it's not like, you know, if Mike says I'm interviewing someone and I, you know, I have to use it for another outlet, it's not a big deal. Cause like yeah. we're all, we're all in this together. I think that's one of the cool parts of it too. Yeah, for sure. Everybody. And I see that we all retweet each other and we're sharing each other's stories and, and, you know, that's, it's helpful when you know that you have a team behind you and you really feel safe. That's a good thing. You know, I feel safe there. Yeah. Now, so on, on top of all this, so we talked about the photography stuff. We talked about your writing, obviously. So right now, um, so currently now you're, you're, you know, obviously doing the photography stuff. You're doing the stuff for fan-sided and you're going to school. This is something we haven't gotten into. Um, just, uh, you know, we, we talked about it off air, but for those who don't know, uh, what are you going to school for and uh, how, how are you balancing that with everything else? I'm going to school for English literature. I hope maybe if I, if I can get to the point where I get high enough, uh, you know, hoping for a master's, I can maybe teach. I'd love to teach journalism. Um, and, you know, balancing school and writing is actually not as hard as it sounds. It's actually been really easy. Um, I just plan out my day where I, you know, I go to school. I put all my classes on two days. I'm actually going, I have six classes. I'm insane. And uh, I put them on two days and then I write the other days. And, you know, you know, most of my um, coverage is on weekends. So I go, like I said, I go to events on the weekends. So I'm not doing school stuff then, obviously. And it just kind of worked out. I, I, I'm actually really surprised at how well it worked out. What, how early do you wake up on most mornings? Because the other thing I got to mention, you're, you're a mom as well. So, I, you know, as a fellow parent, I know that, uh, you know, time is of the essence. You have to really pick your time uh, very, uh, you know, appropriately. Yeah, I wake up. Well, actually, my kid usually wakes me up in the morning. He's like an early riser. He wants to watch the news in the morning. Um, but he wakes. That's up- good parenting right there. If he wants wants to watch the news, that's great. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he always tells me what's going on. It's cute. He's eleven, and so he'll wake me up in the morning when he's when it's about an hour before he has to go to school, and then I'll you know do the lunch and all that stuff. And usually, while he's kind of watching his cartoons in the morning, I'll maybe pop in and write a story. I'll go drop him off, and if I have school that day, I'll go right to school. If not, I'll come back and I'll start writing again or editing or whatever it is I'm doing. Um, and I always try to schedule. If I go to a gym, it's almost always while he's in school. Um, most pro practices are around noon every day, anyways, at pretty much every gym around here. So it's pretty easy to to just kind of um, you know go do that and come back and pick him up. So. It actually works out. And I take him to, to events every now and again when I can, um, which he loves. And he's he's got his favorite fighters and he'll watch the fights with me and he'll he'll say, Who are we cheering for this fight? And so it's fun. That's all that's so cool. I love hearing that. Like I'm hoping someday my son will be into mixed martial arts, assuming I'm still doing this by the time he's old enough to realize what it is. But uh but we'll see because it's uh yeah, it's it's a fun ride if people can really appreciate it. And I still think that story with you is so cool about going to the local event. I mean, that's yeah, that's I like hearing stories like that. It's, you know, it's primal, right? Fighting is something that, uh, you know, we've done for years. So that's kind right. of interesting. Uh, we're going to go to the chat right now. We've got a bunch of questions here. I want to get to them and then we'll go back to uh, more. That is the the journey of, uh, you know, your career. But uh, we got Dean here in the chat. And I got to thank Dean because he was on my other podcast earlier asking questions. So, Dean, I appreciate the support. Oh. Um, he says, does Amy have any horror stories of fighters or promotions giving her a hard time? I've heard, I've mostly heard fighters being very accommodating for the photographers. Now, I know you don't have to mention names, but if you got any stories about any tough things, uh, you can share those yeah. if you want. I do have one. 
Um, well, I, I have to start by saying that being a woman has actually helped me a lot because I find that men don't want to say no to me as much. They find they're a little bit more afraid. Um, and so, you know, I, I had a, I had a promotion, a local promotion who had invited me out. They kind of badgered me twice. They were like, come to our show, come to our show. And, and I was like, eh, it's such a far drive. And so I finally gave in. I said, okay, I'll come. And I got there and then they're like, hey, we don't have a photo spot for you. And I was like, what? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What? I just drove two hours and you don't have a photo spot and you asked me to be here. And so that kind of made me upset and I just left. It was no big deal. But, um... But yeah, generally I don't have a, a problem. I can pretty much, you know, I have had a few fighters who have kind of been like, who are you and what are you doing when I come into the gym to shoot? But I, you know, I, I would never shoot somebody without asking. And um, so I've had a little bit of that kind of issue, but overall, no, everyone's been amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something we'll touch on later in the show is, you know, being a woman in this industry, because, uh, you know, there, you know, people say there's not there are hardly any women. There are there, there's a lot of women coming covering the sport. They, they might not be as recognized as, you know, some of the others. And, and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, I imagine it's, you know, it's it's definitely a little bit different. Um, but uh, sticking with that, I, I got a funny story. I think I've told this on here before. Maybe I haven't, but um, kind of similar. I had someone who was, you know, asked me to do interviews for their show. And, um, you know, I said, sure, here's my availability, whatever. And then, you know, comes like, I think this was, I, that email was sent on like a Wednesday. And then the following Tuesday, I get a message on Facebook, like at 1030 in the morning saying, Hey, I've got such and such here for you. Are you, um, what, what time is good for you to the fighter? Right. So they, they like, they do a three-way Facebook conversation. I've never met this fighter. I don't know anything about this fighter. So this guy who's a manager who whatever says, um, Hey, I've I've got this person for you. Um, do you, you know, uh, what time is good for, for the fighter? They didn't even ask if it's good for me. They just said, Hey, what's good for the fighter? So they said, Oh, noon's good. They say, okay, we're all set up. I said, no, 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 we're not set up. I got, I got interviews today. I can't just do stuff at the last minute. And they're like, Oh, you should really reconsider. This is the Ronda Rousey of the the new Ronda Rousey of whatever, like they were, they were hyping up their fighter or something like that. Um, And by the way, I'm not giving anything away here by, by saying that, but, uh, but they, uh, but yeah, they just expect me to do it. I said, look, I don't care if it's Conor McGregor. Like I just, I have other fighters I have to get to. I can't just drop what I'm doing and doing it. And, And the, the manager was so like baffled that, I just didn't drop anything for them. And it's like, and, and this is a regional fighter. And I'm talking a fighter who maybe had a couple pro fights. Like it's just, it's unreal. The entitlement on some managers parts that like, we're just, you know, readily available. Like I'm dying for content. Like, it's not like there's yeah. you know, a million promotions out there who like need stuff. Yeah. Done. So, I yeah. don't know. If you, have you ever had, had anything like that with interviews at all, where someone like asked you to interview them and they flake or anything like that? Um, I mean, I've had people message me on Facebook and they're like, you should interview me. And then I'm like, I don't know who you are. And yeah. I just feel weird. I feel like it's awkward when a fighter asks me to interview them. I'm like, why, you know, tell me why, just that you're just cause you're a fighter. That's not interesting. You know, there's thousands. You gotta tell me why, what makes you interesting. And I, I've always felt like my favorite thing is to kind of find the the human side of a fighter. You know, yeah. I want to find out why, you know, what's different about them. I don't want to do the typical, you know, what do you think of your opponent? Trash talk and blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to know who are you? And so if a fighter comes to me and I've never heard of them, I don't know anything about them. That doesn't help me in any way. It doesn't interest me. So I get no. that. Uh, we got a really good question here again from Dean. Uh, Dean, appreciate the questions. He says, what cameras does Amy use? Does she have any hints or practice tips on how to shoot nice photos through the cage? I remember the impact at, with impact wrestling. They cut out parts of the cage to take video. I don't know what that part means, but there was two questions there. We'll, we'll get sort of to the first one. She says, oh, what cam- What cameras do you use? Uh, can, can you tell us any secrets, any, uh, any equipment yeah, you use? I have a good story about cameras, actually. I shoot um, with a, a Canon uh, 5D Mark II, which is super outdated. 
Um, and I usually shoot with a 70 to 200 lens, which is the zoom lens or a, uh, I always forget this 24 to 70, which is, um, a little bit wider. And I actually was shooting a fight in Mexico city for combate and I was robbed. So they took my 70 to 200 lens among other things. So now I just shoot with my, um, 70 to uh, 24 to 70, which, um, you probably can see the different uh, people who know photography would see the difference in, in my images since then. And I've actually gotten to the point where I don't even want to shoot with the zoom lens anymore. Um, I've just gotten so used to it. I think the tip for that I think I would do is just keep practicing because I, I know that every show is different. I think everyone always asks me what the secret is, but you know, sometimes I'll be placed in front of a cage and there'll be like a really big screen behind me and it will reflect onto the cage and make the cage almost white. And that makes it a lot harder. So I always really pick where I, where I shoot. If they don't assign me, I always try and pick the side that's the darkest, which I think a lot of people would probably do the opposite because it would just make shooting through the cage a little easier. Um, and I, and another thing is I never, I, I don't stop shooting until the guy's out of the cage. So in between rounds, I shoot after the fight, I shoot when they're raising the hands, even after they raise hands, because you never know what's going to happen. As soon as you put your camera down, that's when something's going to happen. Do you use a PC or Mac? What do you use for photo editing? Mac. And I use Photoshop or Lightroom. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. Yeah. Photoshop as well. Uh, PC though. Although actually I'm on a Mac right now, believe it or not. Uh, I have, I have two because I had to, I think I told people this, but I had to buy a Mac laptop just so I could do FaceTime interviews because FaceTime's patented by Apple. So the only way I can do FaceTime interviews, because, uh, you know, I, I need to get, I always try and get as much video as I can as far as my interviews. Um, so I, I had to buy just a used Mac laptop. How, how much does that suck? I had to pay all this money for, a, you know, whatever, That's just to do FaceTime. FaceTime. That's great. I wouldn't have even known that. No, because it's because uh, you know you know what happens. Like I get people. All my interviews are usually on Skype, so you can actually see the quality is a lot better. Um, you'll see like the frame rates a lot better and everything. But like with FaceTime, you still want the video, right? So sometimes I have situations where the fighter doesn't know how to download Skype or they don't want to, and so if you just do FaceTime, it's just easier for them. But uh, I find the quality isn't as good. So these these are the lengths we go to to uh, you know to, to to get good content. I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, you glanced over a story there. You got your stuff stolen. Was that before or after the event? It was during the event. What? I was shooting. Um, I had my bag at my feet with my laptop, my passport, my wallet, and a bunch of lenses and my hard drive. And um, at some point during the fight, I reached down to get my other lens and the bag was gone. And I was literally, they had to have just grabbed it and turned around and walked. And it was the scariest moment of my life because I didn't have a passport. Um. And, you know, and I was with the Combate and Campbell of McLaren, who is their CEO. He jumped it to my aid. He, he literally gave me cash out of his pocket to get, you know, what I needed because we had one more day. I was supposed to fly out the next day. Um, I had to go to the embassy the next day, which was inauguration day. And there oh. were protests everywhere. And um, it was terrifying. And I ended up getting out. But it took, I mean, I was, it was scary. It was a, it was a, not a fun weekend <laughs> i'd freak out if i lost my passport that's a, like a huge fear of mine actually like yeah. just being stuck in another country and um do you speak spanish no oh that's what i was gonna <laughs> say that's even worse <laughs> and the police you can't um i was with i don't mel he's the matchmaker so his name is mel i can never know how to pronounce his last name venezuela something like that and um he was trying to talk to the police because when we had called the embassy they said you need to get a police report and the police there won't file a police report because they have to pay a fine or fee to the police do to file a police report. So they just kept saying, no, like, oh, go over there, go over here, go over there. And it's one o'clock in the morning in Mexico City. And so I finally was like, you know, I'm just going to have to go to the embassy without a police report and hope that they were able to, and it was great. I mean, they were awesome. They just, they got me in and out really quick, but I missed my flight home, had to get a new flight and it was just a mess, but. Without Combate's help, I mean, they they had, because um, everybody was flying home the next day, they had people from their um, Mexico, you know, side getting me, you know, Ubers and getting me at the airport and making re- redoing my flight and, you know, all this. so it was great to know I wasn't left there. That's, that's crazy. MMA always brings out the craziest stories and that, that certainly isn't uh, low on the, did, did you have your phone at least or was that stolen too? I had my phone because it was in my pocket and I had right. my camera, thank God, because I was shooting and I had one lens, but I mean, they took my laptop, they took my hard drive. So my entire fight library is gone from, before. Oh no. so oh. Um, yeah, that was devastating. And 
you know, I've rebuilt it. And, and I almost kind of look at it now as like a new start. So I have a whole new kind of style of photography. And so I just, you know, it works out. Yeah, you evolve, right? Because you, you have yeah. to. I mean, you, you don't yeah. you don't have the the stuff you used to have, so that, that's too bad. Um, you touched on it a bit earlier. Uh, you know, situations where you feel like you know being a female in the industry has benefited you. Let's talk about some challenges because MMA is male dominated for the most part. With you know, not just the sport, but also the people who cover it. How has that been as a woman in this industry? Have you found that people have been very supportive? Have you had a lot of people you know tell you you know this and that? Like, what what has your overall experience been so far? Well, the industry people are amazing. You know, you you guys are all great, but um, it's the fans <laughs> that have been not so nice. I get a lot of people say, you know, especially in the beginning, like, well, you're a girl. What do you know? And and just assuming that since I'm a woman, I don't know anything about the sport or I know a lot of people assume I don't train. So they say, oh, you're a woman and you don't train. And, you know, they don't know me. I and, saw someone put a, con- a shitty yeah. comment on your, uh, was it Facebook or Instagram? I can't remember. I saw that the other day and I thought, what an asshole. Like, yeah. And so I get that a lot. Yeah. Uh, usually not on Facebook because they yeah, have to- they have an identity. They'll they'll get found out. They you don't see yeah, people. Weird. So Twitter a lot. I haven't gotten as much anymore, but I do still see a lot of people. And the fighters are awesome. The fighters, yeah. never, you know, the fighters are. In fact, a bunch of them came to my aid after that comment. They were like, "No, no, no." <laughs> so um, that was nice. But yeah, I, I think just mostly fans that kind of have a preconceived notion of of what an MMA fan should be. Well, and there's an, I mean, I get this too. Like there's an element of jealousy, I think, with people covering the sport that, you know, there's people that wish they could do it or they, they wish they could interview fighters or they wish they could, you know, take, you know, photographs in your case or write about it. Like there's a weird thing with fans I find and they'll, they'll nitpick or they'll, they'll just say just dumb stuff. Um, how do you sort of deal with the social media etiquette? Um, you know, I talked about this before. I, my my go to is just mute. I don't even block them. If you block them, it shows they win. If you mute right. them, you don't have to hear about them. What, what sort of your go-to is for? Yeah, I, don't, I don't usually reply. Um, or sometimes I'll, I'll shame them like I did on Facebook. It yeah. depends on what they say. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's particularly in, ig- ignorant, then I will definitely say something bad. I mean, I won't say to them, but I'll, yeah. I'll share it and let everybody know what kind of an idiot they are. But yeah. generally I don't, I don't, it depends on when it comes to, if I'm in a bad mood that I might, but I don't, I almost never reply back to them. Yeah, that's- no, that's smart. I, you, you, you have a thicker skin than I do. Like I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'll, I'll take the bait or sometimes I'll just, it depends what type of mood I'm in. If I'm ready to argue with someone, I'll, I'll go for it, but I try and keep it professional. Cause I'm always just, you never want to come across as like something's bothering you. You just want to kind of, ha- I, I try and joke about it. There was a guy a couple of weeks ago who like took all my photos for my interviews. And I guess he said I had the same face in the screen grab or something dumb like that. So I quote tweeted him and he said, he said something like, Oh, I'm so tired of seeing this. And I'm like, well, you know, I work for all these outlets. It's going to be a bit difficult. And I had all these fighters like come and say like, screw this guy, blah, blah, blah. Like it's hilarious to see like, you know, cause you, you know, like you're like, like, uh, like yourself, you know, I have a pretty decent following. So you have all these people coming to your aid and sometimes people don't think about that when they yeah. try and talk smack. Right. So yeah, 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 it definitely is like, what kind of mood am I in? You know, and also where do they do the hate? If it's on Facebook, I feel like it's a little bit more, I don't know, for Twitter. Personal, yeah. Yeah. But it's Facebook. I'm like, oh, I have pictures of my kid there. You know, it's like, and where did you come from? You know, I don't know who you are. Yeah. No, you get, you get, you get really, uh, really weird people. Um, we talked about uh, professionalism and stuff. You are a member of the MMAJA. Um, I believe, are you the only woman that's uh, in the MMAJA right now that you know of? Well, I think Esther is too. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, I know she was at the meeting. I assume she is. Oh yeah, I get yeah. Well then, yeah, yeah I guess I guess yeah. she's. In. Yeah. Other than that, that's just the two of us, um, as far as I know. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm part of the membership committee, so I kind of re- help review um, applications that come in and kind of see like what what's coming in and what you know what we're going to prove and not. And I, my kind of goal is to bring more women into the industry. So yeah. at events, I every time I find a woman in the MMA you know, in the media row, I'm like, Ooh, you know, have you heard about them? I feel like I'm like, like a Jehovah's witness. I get the door. I'm like, have you heard about, you know, and I, and explain to them, a lot of people haven't heard about it yet. So I'm just trying to kind of, um, get more women and recognize. No. And I, I think it's great. When I, when I heard you involved, I thought this is awesome because, uh, you know, like I said, there are, there are a lot of women covering the sport. They don't necessarily have the recognition or the platform. And we, we had uh, Farah Hanoon on here. Um, you know, Alex Scafidi, who I talked to a lot, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter. She does some really great work for MMA today. You know, Jade Morris, there's a lot of women that cover the sport that maybe aren't in those, you know, higher websites, higher positions or whatever. You know, we got Nicole on our team and uh, Kristen King as well. Like there's a lot of good women. So I, I'm glad that you're 
uh, someone who's able to recruit people because like you're very easy and approachable to talk to. So I think that's going to really benefit people in the long term for the MMAJA. So, um, you know, I don't know if you're aware that like that's I mean, it's you're you're you know, you're really in a good position here to sort of help others. Is that how you feel about everything? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why I joined. Um, but immediately I remember um, when they announced it and they showed the board members and I was like, hmm, it's all men. And I think I, I commented on it and uh, Mark Ramondi, he replied back right away and was like, apply. We want more women. You know, he was very supportive. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'll be a part of it. Cause at first I was like, I'm not going to be a part of this boys club. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I realized that they really were open to having everybody. So then I joined and kind of went for it from there. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on, I mean, I had Dan uh, stuff on last week. I've had Josh Gross on as well, who are, you know, very involved uh, in, in the MMAJA. How has it been, uh, you know, from a leadership standpoint of the people who've been elected and everything like, has there been, have you found there's been more dialogue since they announced, uh, you know, the nominees and or not the nominees, the positions, uh, you know, recently? Yeah. I mean, I think that we're, we're in a weird position right now because we're still trying to figure out, you know, a lot of logistics. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are saying, Oh, I don't want to join because you guys aren't doing anything yet. And I'm like, it takes time. Yeah. We gotta we gotta get a good following together. We gotta figure out, you know, as a whole what we really want to do. And so um I'm glad to be a part of that. I'm glad that we're we're progressing because I know that a lot of people have been like, Well what do you guys, you know, what's been going on? I'm like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes you guys haven't seen. So um there's definitely stuff we're definitely moving forward. So I'm excited about that. So we talked about personal relationships uh, in in the industry. Um, you know, fighters really respect you. I see the comments on social media and people like you know getting their shots done by you and, and all that stuff. How have you been able to sort of navigate that that line of being professional, you know, as a photographer and as a journalist, while also not coming across as a fan? Is that something you struggle with at all? Um, I don't know if I worry so much about being a fan because I wasn't a fan before. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. I I kind of started it you know, always in this like mindset of documenting it. Um, but I do try to, um, to limit my opinion a lot, you know, if there's, especially when controversies happen with certain fighters and I try to like not voice too much of, you know, cause I know mm-hmm. a lot that goes on behind the scenes and I don't, I don't reveal that, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. um, I try to keep, you know, what, what's public is public and what's private is private. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, as far as like friendships with, with fighters, you know, I, I maintain that distance in the, in the sense that I'm not, you know, we're, if we're, if we're hanging out, it's for work We're I'm at a gym doing something, we're not going to go and have dinner and we're not going to go, you know, do this and that. Um, because then I'm a friend and then that's not okay. So I try to make sure that if, you know, I can maintain friendships with people in a professional sense, you know, just like you would with any coworker. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I view, I view them almost like coworkers, you know, like we both need each other to get this job done. And I can be friendly and we can have a relationship and I'm not going to walk into a gym and not ask, how was your day? You know, those kinds of things. So, you know, I think that's a little bit more tough is like kind of maintaining that. Yeah. And I think it's something I have to be careful with too, because like there are fighters that I've, you know, I've known for years, I've interviewed them. And sometimes you try not to, you know, you try not to let like too much of, I mean, there, there are friendships I'm sure you have, you know, with fighters, but you can't, when you're doing the the, the specific work, you can't let that sort of show because you don't want to come across as biased. It's something that, I'm mindful of, I don't think I ever cross that line, but I certainly try and make sure that I'm being objective. Like if a fighter has a bad loss, you know, and and I might be friends with them or something like I still have to bring it up. I still have to do my job at the end of the day. You can't be, you know, it's, you're always going to face these challenges no matter what it's, it's, uh, it's a different industry because like, you know, with like other sports, uh, social media is such an integral part of, um, uh, our industry. I mean, you know, Twitter and, and Instagram is, you know, sort of what is how a lot of people get their interviews and how they, you know, share content and everything. So it's a little bit different because it's more individual than it is like a team sport, but uh, it's still something where I still, I don't worry about it, but I'm certainly mindful of not trying to cross that line. Do, do you, right. have you ever had anyone sort of accuse you of that at all or no? No, no one's ever um, said that. Thankfully, hopefully mm-hmm. that's not jinx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's, and I think that, um, especially in, in this local kind of regional scene, they, they know that I, I'm friends with everyone. So it's not like I have my my favorites, you know, and I I always joke, I'll say, Oh, he's one of my favorites of 400, you know, or whatever. Um, so I think that all the fighters kind of know, and it's, it's kind of hard when you have, when you do have sort of, I would call it a friendship with fighters and then they fight each other and they understand, you know, it's like, I'm not rooting for one or the other. I'm, I'm just rooting for the fight to be a good fight. So it, it you know, I, I, hopefully they see that it's, 
that my friendship is kind of equal. So even if, even if there's some sort of bias, it's, everyone's getting the same bias. If that makes sense. You know? No, no I, t- I totally get what you're saying. And I, I think you've, you know, you've certainly showed that in the work you've done and, and how you are on social media and everything. I think everyone would agree with that. Um, let's get back to the chat here quickly. Got some more questions. Uh, we've got Ed again asking, uh, do you back up your photos on any cloud service now? And if so, which do you recommend? I don't use cloud. I do. Two, I have now I have two hard drives, uh, hard drives. Originally I was kind of just saving to my laptop and a hard drive but I made the mistake of having my laptop and my hard drive in the same spot and it got stolen. So I kind of, that's where I was like, Oh, so now I have two hard drives and my laptop. So I, I just kind of keep it like that. Um, I guess I just kind of don't trust cloud. I, and I guess I, I don't know. I just, it's just easier for me to drop into a hard drive. I'm kind of old school too. I try to avoid too much like online technology. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. The only thing I use uh, as far as like, I mean, granted, I'm not creating as much content as you are, but um, I don't put the only thing I'll use is Google Drive. If I want to like transfer stuff, like if I'm putting stuff on Instagram, it's just so much easier than like having to email it or whatever. I find that Google Drive's good. But no, I, I don't like, you know, there's like OneDrive like for PC users. And I know there's iCloud for Mac users. Um, I don't use any of that either. So yeah, and I, I do sometimes like um, if I'm sharing it with a fighter or a promotion, then I'll put it on Google or Dropbox and then it just stays there. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's an additional backup, but I'm not using that as a backup per se. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think that's definitely a good uh, thing to keep in mind. Uh, Dean also asks, uh, who is in, who inspires Amy artistically or inspires her in general? We kind of talked about mentors early on, but is there anyone right now that's kind of inspiring you? Um, you can say pass. Yeah, well, I have to think about it. I'm like, um, we, no, can come, we can come back to it if you want to think about yeah, it. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. What's um like you know we we often see people uh you know on social media posting their content or whatever. What's something you see on social media that you're kind of like, eh, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, what's what's something that you kind of notice? Uh, maybe maybe that's something that you wouldn't do. Um, I do see a lot of um media. I say that loosely. You know, the fans that have a blog, they yeah. post a lot of hate. Yeah. Or a specific, like either hate for the UFC or hate for a referee or hate for a decision or hate for a fighter. And it's like, you know, you can say your opinion, but in a way that's not so, I mean, I see a lot of just like, like you would, I'm like, that's not appropriate. You would not say that in front of that person's face. Mm -hmm. So I just see, I see a lot of that, the really harsh criticism um, that's not really in a professional manner. I don't know if this is along the same lines, but this is like, this is how I sort of feel like, does it bother you knowing fighters, knowing what they go through, having those sort of personal relationships, seeing fans, you know, just say just dumb stuff. Like the last two weeks I've been dealing with this just on videos where, you know, Ray Borg, who's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I still get people commenting on his video saying like, this guy's a pussy. He shouldn't, he pulled out of the fight because he got an eye scratch. It's like, this guy's a dad who just had a, you know, a newborn who's in the hot, like you guys, like you have no idea what you're talking about. Is, is that difficult at all to see that stuff? Uh, just yeah. knowing the fighters? Yeah, I see a lot of ignorant comments of people who, do, who obviously don't know how, especially with Le- this Leslie Smith thing. That's really been oh, I know. a lot I know. of people have been saying like, oh, she didn't care about her opponent and she should have fought. And I'm like, you know, that's not how you No, you can't think like that. She has to think of herself and her safety. And it's, you know, it starts with with her opponent missing weight, you know, and it's like, no one's blaming her opponent for missing weight. They're all blaming Leslie for not taking the fight. And, and, you know, both women, they're separate. And it, I don't know, it just really bothered me how people talk about her and, you know, she fought Chris. So, um, people say, Oh, she, she was scared. And she, exactly. She fought Chris Cyborg on short notice. (laughs) Yeah. So I just feel like people just, and I want so badly to, you know, I, I don't reply, but I want so badly to be like, no, this is not how it works. And, Sometimes I do fall into that trap and then I immediately remember why I don't comment on things, but it's, yeah, it's hard. Um, Here's a question I have. I just sort of thought of, um, have you ever met Esther Lynn? And if so, have you guys sort of collaborated at all? We, I, we have met. Yes. Um, I actually, we have a funny story about how we met because we were shooting next to each other at a fight and um, it was really early on in my career. And they have like a, those who don't know, there's like a pad in front of where the photographers are so they can kneel on it or sit on it between while they're shooting or between rounds. And I was standing on it, shooting over to get someone's walk in. And then I stepped down and I kind of grazed her leg. She was sitting down there and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And um, so after that, every time we see each other, I'm like, I promise I won't step on you this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we have never collaborated, but we just recently we have started kind of talking on Twitter a little bit more and 
um, interacting with each other. And, you know, I see her at events a lot and we kind of cross paths. I would love to work with her. Yeah, I just, you know, she's obviously very recognized. And, uh, you know, I I think obviously you do incredible work as well. So I'm just curious if you guys have kind of, uh, you know, taught, you know, uh, shared each other's, uh, you know, conversations and everything else, because it would, it would be interesting to see you guys work together. Um, yeah. Just just we even joke. just ideas or something like that. Uh, we joke sometimes about like the pitfalls of shooting. Like she posted a, a picture recently about, uh, you know, a referee right in front of a, a stop. <laughs> she was like, oh, I wish they were invisible. And so like we joke about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I, I understand that I can totally relate. So we'll sometimes share photos like that where it's like ah oh, another photographer understands this we're gonna wrap things up soon guys um just if you have any more questions get them in the chat but i have a few more questions for amy here myself um what is the proudest moment of your career right now um i know it hasn't been that long but uh, as far as you know being an mma but is there anything that sort of stands out for you yeah i mean definitely the cover like i said earlier was like something that that really as a photographer kind of made me feel like great i'm i've arrived and then also champions was really you know, being recognized um, as a full-time staff member of an MMA website, which I understand how hard it is to get that kind of a position. That was amazing. Being accepted in the Journalism Associ- Association was amazing. And also, this is really dorky, but getting my little blue check mark on Twitter. Hey, I, f- I, f- I feel it, man. It's, it's great. Yeah. Cool. So there's little things like that that kind of made me feel. And like I said, when like a fighter will like a photo or share a photo I've done, it's really cool. What is your dream job? If you could pick one, I, I know you're sort of living the dream right now. Cause you, you know, you, you get to, you get to shoot fighters and write about MMA. I mean, it's, it's pretty fun if you're a fan of the sport. Um, what, what is the dream job though? So is there anything above MMA or, or anything that, that you're sort of looking ahead? Um, you know, I'm really happy where I'm at. I, I, it, it's hard for me because some days I'll be like, Oh, I wish I could shoot full time. And then some days I'd say, I wish I could write full time, but I'm really happy that I can do that, do both. And I don't know of any kind of job. I mean, maybe somewhere where I could, be a full-time not I could stop kind of hustling stop the hustle I would love that um yeah I mean I would love to have something published in in Sports Illustrated that you know the the print magazine I would love that but yeah Yeah. I'm really happy no that that's that's an awesome answer um what about uh as far as you know just looking back in your career and everything else um what about like uh is there anyone you want to shoot that you haven't got to shoot like a like a dream shoot or dream interview that you want to do is there anyone out there that you haven't uh, had that opportunity um i would love to shoot daniel cormier um okay i shot, I shot one of his fights but i would love to do a portrait session with him because i just think he's fun um, and there's actually something I've been working on a, like a fine art more project. Um, I'm doing like a abstract photography on cauliflower ear. So I would love to get some UFC fighters at part of that, then shoot their ears. Um, yeah. So I'm, I would just love to maybe have a gallery show someday with like, you know, photos of all these amazing UFC ears. Uh, as we close things up here, what is the best advice you would give to someone who's getting into photography, who wants to cover the sport? What's something you've learned that you can kind of bring to our listeners here? Uh, go to every show that's possible. It, no show is too little. No show is too big to try and get into. Just ask because, um, you know, even if you're not with an outlet, ask a promoter. Maybe a promoter needs a photographer. Maybe a pr- promoter just wants people there, you know, wants bodies. Just keep keep going. Don't give up. Amy, this was awesome. Uh, we're going to end things here. I, I totally enjoyed talking to you. It's so cool to hear your backstory and, and everything else that you've got to share with us here today. Uh, just remind people where they can find you on social media. Anything you got coming up for any of the outlets you work for, if you want to plug that, the floor is yours. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as photoamy33. So both of those are the same. You can find me on Facebook, Amy Kaplan with a K, and I accept everybody. Um, yeah. And I'm just kind of work, like I said, I'm working on that ears project. So if you're watching this and you have cauliflower ear, hit me up and I'll shoot your ear to be part of it. And yeah, just kind of keep, keep watching my Instagram. That's where I post most of my stuff. So what's a 33 for on on your handle? Um, it was my lucky number for a long time. It was, uh, my high school boyfriend's Jersey number. Okay, cool. Made that so many years ago and it's just kind of stuck. And like, like, are you 33 years old? I'm like, yes, now I am. I'm I'm 30, almost 37. So now I just kind of keep on that 33. 
Awesome. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at Lynch on sports. Uh, I know there's, well, there's Bellator this weekend. I got a, you know, a few interviews up there. I just did uh, here on fightful. I know uh, Sean Ross app's going to post all that stuff this weekend. I got stuff going on at fan sided. did a bunch of interviews this week over there. So go check that out over at fan sided. And uh, I just interviewed uh, Charles uh, felony uh, Bennett, who's fighting tonight on that uh, cam sodas card, uh, which is just insane. Uh, go check out that interview. One of the most bizarre interviews I've ever done, but uh, you know, I like challenging myself. So that's kind of the best way I can put that interview. Uh, thanks everyone for everyone for watching we'll be back here next week same time here on fightful and i got to thank amy one more time for coming on here and giving us some awesome information about the world of photography and i will see you guys next week save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.